Well, hey, everybody. Uh, it's such an honor to uh, be here with you today and to be able to speak to you today. And um, I, uh, I have the honor of also uh, going after uh, Pastor Z, who gave a wonderful word last week, if you weren't here, about the spirit baptism. And he laid a lot of groundwork that we're going to be building on today. Uh, so if you haven't uh, seen that, you should go uh, watch that because uh, it was a great word that really gave us a lot of foundational truths about the Holy Spirit. And today, I just feel to talk about one aspect of the transformed life in the Holy Spirit, uh, which is the gifts of the Spirit. That's what I feel the Lord wants to talk to us today about. Uh, and in order to do that, I'm going to ask you uh, just some, some uh, questions here. First of all, uh, does the Father love you? Yes. Does, does Jesus love you? Okay. Now, does the Holy Spirit love you? Goodness gracious, does the Holy Spirit love you? He loves you. He really, really loves you. You know that James says that he yearns jealously for you. He yearns jealously for you. In fact, one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption. And the adoption refers to the fact that God chose you, God wants you. So literally one of his names is the spirit of God wants you. The Spirit of God loves you. Man, does he love you. And in fact, the Bible tells us that he comes in, the Spirit of God comes in to confirm with your spirit that you are a son or a daughter. So the Lord really, really loves you. And so as we talk about the gifts today, sometimes people can go, oh boy, this is where Pentecostals get weird. We're talking about the gifts. Can I just ask you, is it weird for someone who loves you to give you a gift? Is that weird? It seems weird to me that it would go unopened. That seems weird. Right? Doesn't that seem weird? The Holy Spirit loves you. He's not like some like strange like friend of the family where you get a package you're like, don't open it. This is the Holy Spirit. He loves you. And so here's what we're going to do today. Before we start talking about the gifts, I want to give you three areas of context from which we can really accurately perceive the gifts perceive what the Bible is telling us about the gifts of the Spirit. These are really three contexts you may have caught before, you may not have caught them, but they're really important for us to build the framework around the gifts. If you think of the gifts as actual gifts, like Christmas, and they're in packages, and they're in this decorated room, and there's a whole setting, right? We're going to set the setting first so that we can properly appreciate the gifts. Okay, this is the, the, the kinds of things that surround the topic or the conversation about the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, so the first one of three is this. There's, there's a Greek word called kara, kara or kara, and it means joy or delight, joy or delight. If you make that word a little longer, karis, it means favor Grace, goodwill. If you make it a little longer, charisma is the Greek New Testament word for the gifts of the Spirit. So if you had some other context that was maybe you were a little leery of when you think about the gifts of the Spirit, here's the true context. When you think gifts from the Holy Spirit, you should be thinking joy, delight, grace, goodwill, Favor. In fact, he says, you should eagerly desire the gifts. Kind of makes sense, right? 
You should eagerly desire the gifts. In fact, it says you, you should earnestly desire the greater gifts. Did anybody grow up in a house like mine? There was a rule in my house. I'm last born of five. And there's a rule. You get what you get and your mom too, right? Yes, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Not here. He says earnestly desire even better gifts. It's like the Holy Spirit is like this promise. He's like this seal. He, he's like this engagement ring with more, more gifts inside. And it's like he's got this passion for you. We've got to learn how to, to receive it. We've got to learn how to put him on. We've got to learn how to live engaged. It's like he's got this burning passion for us that he puts in these gifts that just loads his love into these gifts and he gives them to us so that there'll be springs of life in our lives, springs of joy and delight and grace and favor and goodwill. Does anyone want to open the gifts today? Does anybody want to open all the gifts? Does anybody want to earnestly desire better gifts? All right, so the first context here is these are good gifts from someone who loves you. That's the first context. Here's the second context. There are a couple passages. Now's as good a time as any to give them to you. I want you to just, if you don't mind, write these down because they are chapters that you're going to want to visit this week. Maybe you're going, doubt it. I don't really want to visit chapters this week. I'm telling you, you're going to want to visit these because you're going to want to open these presents. Here's the three chapters. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. There's some in 1 Timothy, there's some in 1 Peter, but these are the real crux verses for the gifts. Now, as we talk about this, here's our second context. Interestingly, suspiciously, two things keep rising up every time the Bible begins the conversation about the gifts. There's two topics that keep showing up in each of these passages. And so I'm going to share those with you right now real quick. I know I said 1 Peter is just a, a, not one of the main texts, but it does mention it. And in 1 Peter 4, 8, it says this, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. So we have this topic of love. And again, everything I'm sharing with you right now, I'm about to share with you some verses, they are all in and around that conversation about gifts. They kick off the conversation. They conclude the conversation. They're right in the middle. It's not like, well, it was in the same chapter, but it was like 30 verses later. It's like in the conversation of gifts, these that I'm about to read to you. So we have an occasion here of love being mentioned. Now, check this out. Ephesians 4 2 and 3. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And here's the second theme. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So we see love and unity. Let's check out Romans. The Romans conversation about uh, the gifts kicks off with this. Romans 12, 5. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. What is that? Unity. It ends the conversation by saying, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Love and unity. Finally, 1 Corinthians is our last big chapter about the gifts. 
1 Corinthians 12, 25 says, so that there should be no division in the body. What is that? Unity. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. What is that? Love. Okay, so unity and love is, is put in the conversation every time. Now, here's what's interesting. I want you to catch. It's not being put in here as a natural result of the gifts. The context in which love and unity shows up in this conversation is a stern command accompanying the gifts. In other words, as you go after the gifts, don't lose love, don't lose unity. It's got to stay about love. It's got to stay about unity. Every time it's mentioned, it warns us, keep it about love, keep it about unity. You can see where if we began to move in spiritual gifts, and if you don't know anything about the spiritual gifts, I'll just, spoiler alert, they're very exciting. It's like amazing. It's really good. It's filled with joy and delight and grace and favor and goodwill. And so you start to see supernatural things happen. And what can happen is, if we're not careful, it becomes about some sort of flex. It can become about some sort of display of your spirituality. And Paul's saying, it's got to be a display of the love of the Holy Spirit. We have to keep it right there. It's got to be about showing the love of God to people through us as the power of God moves through us. So it's got to be about love. And it also has to be about unity. Why? Because as we talk about gifts, we talk about different people receiving different gifts in different measures. Those are differentiating factors. And Paul's saying, you've got to keep this unified. It can't be clubs. It can't be the, the haves and the have-nots. Are you gifted? Like I'm gifted. There was, a, there was a program when I was growing up. I don't know if y'all had this too. It's called the GT program, gifted and talented. And what would happen is teachers would come into your classroom and they would collect the gifted and talented students. I didn't make the cut, by the way, in case you're curious. The gifted and talented students. Anybody have this? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So the gifted and talented students, they would collect them and say, uh, all you gifted and talented, I'm sorry, the GT students, like we're all being fooled. We know what you're talking about, gifted and talented. If y'all could come with us and, and half the room would just leave to some undisclosed location. I'm like, can I come? I'm gifted. Now I realize in hindsight, it's like, you know, it's good education. You're differentiating so students can learn in a way that challenges them. But at the time, I'm like, Scott, where are you going, Scott? He's like, you wouldn't understand. Stay here and, and scratch and sniff the stickers. I'm going to go levitate four-dimensional objects. I'm like, let me come. So it can't be that. It can't be that. It can't be clubs. Oh, I've got, I've got the, you know, I'm operating in this measure of this gift and you're just over there. It can't. It can't. It has to be about unity. It's got to be about love. So we have two contexts here. It's two con First of all, just so you know, this Greek word, I know in English the word gifts can mean like a free gift or it can mean like, like I said, gifted, you know? In Greek, it's only the one. It's just a free gift. It's just a free gift. So two contexts so far. Number one, these are good gifts from someone who loves you. Number two, this has to stay about love and unity. And here's the third context. We see this mostly in Timothy, uh, but we see it in a couple places. 
Paul continues to use language like this. Hey, Tim. He didn't say that. I'm just saying, hey, Tim. But he says, look, you've got faith in your life. I can see it. There was faith in your grandma. It's the same faith as in your mom. And I see it in you. Therefore, I need you to stir up the gifts. I am reminding you. I am reminding you to stir up the gifts that you received when I laid hands on you. In other words, I remember, Tim, I laid hands on you and I remember you received a Holy Spirit gift and I am reminding you, I am not letting you forget about that. I am asking you to stir that up. There's language in the Bible that talks about earnestly desire, 1 Corinthians 14, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. You're like, okay, I did. I have some. I'm functioning in some. Well, then earnestly desire greater ones. There's two things we learn from this language being used over and over and over. We've got to go after this. That's the first thing. We've got to go after this. It's not just, we don't just have permission. We have a command. We have got to go. We can't forget this. Paul's saying, I'm reminding you. I'm reminding you, stir it. Stir it, earnestly desire it. So the first thing we know from this sort of language repeating so often is yes, we've got to go after it. The second thing we learn from him repeating that kind of language so often is there must be something about life that could very well have you move through it and forget about the gifts or else he wouldn't have had to remind us so hard. Do you see what I'm saying? There's something about your home life. There's something about work life. There might even be something about church life that makes you go, I think I can just do this whole thing without these gifts. And Paul's saying, you've got to stir this. You've got to hunger after this. The Holy Spirit made a deposit in you. You've got to stir it. You've got to go after even greater gifts. So those are our three contexts as we approach these gifts. And we're going to start talking about it. Does it feel like Christmas? Am I like, is it, do everybody remember when your parents like, don't come down yet. It's Christmas morning. You're like, come on. Right? It should feel like Christmas because the Holy Spirit has gifts for you. And we're going to talk about them today right now. Okay. First one I want to, to, to talk to you about is the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is when the Lord tells you something there's no way you could have known. And somebody just gets so blessed and blown away that the Lord knows them and sees them. There's a gift of giving. And that's when you give. Yes, you give often. And yes, you meet a need. But all of these gifts are supernatural. Even if they seem like they have natural names, they function supernaturally. When you operate in a gift of giving, you not only meet the need, you shift the atmosphere. You, you start stirring faith in the room to believe for greater things. There's a word of prophecy. That's when you release something that the Lord's telling you that hasn't happened yet, but you're foretelling or forthtelling something because the Lord told you this is what's going to happen. Can I give you a quick story that involves all three of those? I'll take your silence as a yes. <clears throat> so, young Matt and my wife Jess uh, were married. We win a trip to Ireland, which is amazing. We went a trip to Ireland, but it's not fully covered. It's like partially covered. And we thought that what was left was a rather small number. Like what was left for us to pay was a small number. So the night that I opened the email and realized that it's actually a much, much larger number, actually a problematic number, um, is, is the moment that I also got a call from a gal from our church at the time. And she said... 
um, hey, I was telling the story of you guys winning this trip, and I got to the end, I realized I didn't have the end of the story. How, it's only gonna cost you what? How much is it gonna cost you? So I am still in shock. So for some reason, I told her the, the number I thought it was, the smaller number. I just said, oh, this is the number. And she said, oh, great, okay, thanks. So she, she hangs up, and I'm like, please let that be the real number, you know, because I, but I'm seeing it in front of me. I'm like, nope, that's not the real number. It's much, much larger. All of a sudden, ding dong, this gal from the church was outside my house. She shows up. She hands me the check. I look at it. I look at her, and she says, God told me the real number. God told me the real number. She hands me a check for the exact right amount and says, the Lord says you better start dreaming bigger because he's going to do wonderful things in your life. You know what the best part is? She leaves my house and says, you can tell this story to anyone, just don't use my name. That's someone who understands the context of the gifts of the Spirit. Because now today we don't go, what a wonderful woman. We go, I'm hungry for the gifts. I'm hungry to see the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. Here's another gift. The gift of discernment. I know it looks this way, but I'm telling you, it's this way. I can see it clear as day. The Holy Spirit's showing me. We're not supposed to go left. We're supposed to go right. It's that sort of decision-making, decisive moment where you just see something for what it is when no one else can see it. The gift of healing, I imagine I don't have to explain to you, right? Gift of healing. Can I tell you another story that involves those two? Are you ready for your mind to just be blown right now with the goodness of God? Check this out. One of our drummers, he's actually a leader in the ministry, uh, in the worship ministry. His name's Dave Cook. He was born, the doctors came into his mom's room and said, um, your son has one rotten kidney. It doesn't work at all. And the other kidney is half functioning. It's not survivable. We need to make an emergency surgery and replace both kidneys. She gets a word of discernment that says, don't do the surgery. Now the doctors are like trying to like get charges brought against her because it's basically a death sentence. And she feels the Holy Spirit saying, don't get the surgery. So they don't do the surgery. Of course, I told you he's a leader in our ministry. So here he is all these years later. He's completely fine. But are you ready for this? 26 years after that event, Dave's younger brother, who's 22, goes into kidney failure. And guess who's the only match? Okay, check this out. Check this out. He's the only match, right? But he can't give. He has one rotten kidney and one kidney that's half functioning. He can't donate his kidney. So they go in just to make sure. The doctor looks at his kidneys, comes out and says, Dave, now remember the previous doctor came in and said, rotten, half functioning, right? Now this doctor comes out and says, Dave, you have supernatural kidneys. He said, each of your kidneys could sustain someone in perfect health by themselves. You are functioning for two people. And so he donated his kidney to his brother. Okay, now amazing healing, right? But don't miss the discernment. His mom saved the life of her unborn son 22 years from now by refusing a surgery because the Holy Spirit was moving on her in a gift of discernment. Does anybody feel like the gifts are for today? 
Is anybody hungry to see the Lord do something amazing? There's gifts of exhorting, gifts of exhortation. Again, I said some of these might seem natural. That's like encouraging. But when you're doing it as a gift of the Holy Spirit, it functions supernaturally. It's like you have this supernatural arm to lift people out of despair. There's the gift of mercy and compassion. There's a gift of serving and helping when you come alongside someone so genuinely, so faithfully that they see the heart of God in it. It's it's as though Jesus himself washed their feet. There's giftings of teaching and words of wisdom. There's tongues and interpretation where God would actually fill you with a heavenly language in a moment. You have no idea what you're saying, but it's this heavenly language. And then he'd give someone else the interpretation so we can all find out what God's saying. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. There's gifts of leading. There's gifts of faith. That's when it's like, it's a bad diagnosis. There's no resources. The rug was pulled out from under us. And you're like, I gotta be honest. I feel real good about what God's about to do. There's just something about this situation. I feel all the faith in the world and y'all can follow me out onto the water because I know God's gonna do what he said he's gonna do. There's gifts of miracles. I want you guys just take a look at these three chapters because they're for us and they're for today. I want to tell you why I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up to you today. I want to tell you why, how the Holy Spirit said this is for right now for these people. And I'm going to ask the band to maybe just come up while I just share this. I'm reading 1 Timothy where it says, Timothy, I'm reminding you to stir up the gifts. I'm reminding you to stir up the gift that was deposited into you when I prayed for you and laid hands on you. And I'm just feeling convicted. I just feel like there's this thing in me from the Holy Spirit saying, you've got to stir up what you once functioned in. And to be really honest, there was a time where I functioned in healing regularly. And then there was just a season where it just I, there were other things I was pursuing and I just, I neglected that gift. And in that moment, I'm reading 1 Timothy and I just feel like, man, if I tried to brush the dust off of that gift, there's gonna be like a layer of, of dust it's gonna, there's atrophy all over it. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm like, I just, uh, it's gonna feel dry, but I guess I could try to start reworking that gift. I just, it just felt very distant to me. And I was reminded that this last season, I bought a fig tree. Actually, it wasn't a tree at all. It's like, it's not even a bush. It's like this tall. Um, and fig trees, by the way, are finicky. You could, you could own a fig tree and for years not get fruit from it. The first year I had this thing, it must have produced 50 figs before the season was over. I was like, whoa, this is a great tree. I got to at least pretend I have a green thumb and figure out what to do with this to preserve it over the winter, right? So season's over. Now it's just a stick, right? It's just a stick coming out of some dirt. And that's all it is in a pot. Stick, dirt, pot. That's what it is. And I'm like, okay, I got to do something. So I look it up. It's like, well, bring it inside. And I'm like, well, I've got kids. They're going to like, you know, get into it. So I put it in my attic. I'm like, I'm just going to put it in the attic, like next to the window. And they're like, you don't have to water it. I'm like, okay. So I just forgot about it. Now I'm reading first Timothy and I'm just remembering this story because a couple weeks ago I went, I should probably check on that fig tree. Right? So I go up in the attic and I see this. And here's what I felt the Lord saying. I'm going to do it. I am going to de-winterize the gifts right now. And I feel the Lord is saying this over us today. They're coming out of hibernation right now. 
the gifts of the Spirit are going to flow in this place like never before. So I'm reading that and I'm going, okay, this is for us, this is for now. Well, not this last Thursday, but the Thursday before, after choir rehearsal, a woman came up. She said, my hands have been hurting me for years. I have what doctors call severe carpal tunnel. And I have a surgery scheduled and they're just, it's just so much pain. It's been years. Can you pray? So we just prayed together. She had been hurting all morning. We prayed at the end of the night. We went home. I saw her Sunday, a week ago, and she's in, in, in the lobby. And she goes, Pastor Matt. I was like, hey, what's up? And she's like, no, 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 no. And I was like, oh, high five, yeah. She's like, no, my hands. She said, there's no pain. First time in years, there's no pain. She called me this week. She said, I don't know what to do except cancel the surgery. There's no pain. Listen, the Lord is doing this today. Here's what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you today. Maybe you have functioned in gifts before and it's been put aside. Maybe you've never even thought to just think about the gifts. Can I tell you what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you? You have no idea what's in your attic right now. Right now. It will blow your mind to find out what is in your attic. He is nourishing it. He is flourishing it. And it's coming to fruition right now. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. I thought about not doing this because I thought we've done this for the last three weeks. They're going to think I'm just trying to follow. And I was like, I can't go there. I just got to do what the Holy Spirit's asking me to do. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you, if you're deciding not, oh, that would be nice. No, no, no. If you're going, something's stirring in me and it is time for me to go after what the Holy Spirit asked me to go after. It's time for me to pursue the gifts. It's time for me to stir it up. It's time for me to remember. It's time for me to earnestly desire the better gifts. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to come to the front right now because I believe the Lord is going to start bringing things down from your attic to show you what he has been flourishing unbeknownst to you. Come on down to the front if that's you. If that's you, I believe the Lord is doing this right now. Awesome, awesome. The Holy Spirit's going to move today. He's been so faithful this morning. He's going to move right now. And as you're coming, I want to remind you of one thing. This is a pursuit of a person. This is a pursuit of a person. This is the Holy Spirit. Listen, it says that the entire kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. It says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. What? In the Holy Ghost. That means this whole thing is found in a person. It's in a person. So if you catch the gifts but miss the person, you missed it. Right? This is us going after the Holy Spirit. Listen, I love my wife. I love the work of her hands. She makes meals that are delicious and healthy. She raises our kids to love the Lord. She keeps a wonderful home. But the minute I go after the works of her hands and miss her, I just missed the greatest gift because it's her. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is worth 65,000 spiritual gifts. We're going after him right now. And what's amazing is he comes with gifts. Here's what the Lord's going to do. He is going to begin dewinterizing gifts right now. He's going to begin bringing things down from your attic right now. Let him lead the conversation right now. As we just begin to sing this, we're going to pursue, before we pursue anything, we're just going to pursue the Holy Spirit. So set your eyes on him. Set your heart on him. Get ready to lift a song to him. 
we're just going to fix ourselves on him today. Set your attention, set your affection, just give him everything you have today as we sing.